0: If you've ever had the feeling that things were hopeless, hold on. You may feel you're facing an impossible situation, but the Bible says God is able to do far more than we would ever dare to ask or even dream of, infinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, or hopes. Now hope comes from having a purpose. Hope is as essential to your life as air or water. And wonderful changes are going to happen in your life as you begin to live it on purpose. God says, I know what I'm planning for you. I have good plans for you, not plans to hurt you. I will give you a hope and a good future. I'm Rick Warren, and this is Daily Hope.
1: Today, on Daily Hope with Rick Warren, we continue in a series called The Invisible War, with part one of a message called Winning the Battle Inside Me, taken from the Book of Romans. Here's Rick.
0: I read this week that by the time our troops pull out of Afghanistan, which is a deadline they've set for a couple years, we will have been in Afghanistan fighting for 13 years, which makes it the longest war in American history. But this weekend I want to talk to you about a war that's going to go on even longer than that. It is the war against you. It is an unseen war. We call it the spiritual warfare that happens in your life from the moment you're born until the moment that you die. This war is far more personal. Now the Bible tells us that there are three enemies that are warring against you, your family, Uh, your soul. And this battle has eternal implications. Now the Bible tells us that there are three mortal enemies to your life that are out to mess up everything God wants to do in your life. The Bible calls them the world, the flesh, and the devil. The world is the value system around you. The flesh is the old nature within you. And Satan is coming against you and his demons and his minions. During this series, we're going to look at what are angels and what do they do and what are demons and what do they do. But I want us to begin the series, we actually began it last week, by looking at the battle within. Because you are your own worst problem. You are your own biggest enemy. You know, I talked to a lot of people who... Uh, you know, go around and and they say, you know, I've got so much stress from this boss and I've got so much stress from the kids and I've got so much going on from all these things and and I've got all these problems in my life. I need to go to Tahiti. The problem with that is when you go to Tahiti, you take you. (laughs) I mean, it's like the people who talk to me and say, you know, I don't get it. All my relationships suck and they move from one relationship relationship to the next relationship, to the next relationship, to the next relationship, to the next relationship. And uh, they say, "You they they just, why do I have such bad relationships? Well, what's the common denominator? (laughs) You. You, You're the common denominator. And and so something's got to change in you first. Back in 1970, before many or most of you were born, uh, Walt Kelly, the famous cartoonist, had had a pogo cartoon that became an icon in American culture. It's here on the screen. It says... Pogo says, We have met the enemy and he is us. And it's true. I'm in my biggest problem. Most of the time Satan doesn't even have to worry about tempting me, because I'm messing up my own life. Most of the time Satan doesn't even have to think about you because you're you're doing a good job of screwing up yourself. So what happens is we have to work on all three of the enemies. We're going to start first with the internal war that goes on inside you. Then we're going to look at the world, and then we're going to look at at Satan. Now, you may identify with this letter that I got a while back. Pastor Rick, I need you to explain something to me. When I first came to Christ, everything seemed to change for the better immediately. I felt joy for being forgiven for all of my shame, and I felt peace knowing that God loved me. And I felt hope because I I learned that he had a purpose for my life. It was all a great relief. But after a while, my joy seemed to shrink. And following Christ became a struggle. Old habits reared up their head again. And I felt the tug of old ways coming back. Now this really frustrated me because I thought I was through with all of that. I want to do the right thing. But I lack the ability to do it and I can't seem to fulfill all of my good intentions. I know what is right, and I know what is wrong. And I really don't want to do wrong anymore. And I know God doesn't want me to do wrong. So why do I still make bad choices? What's wrong with me? It's so frustrating. I sometimes wonder if maybe I'm not really a Christian. Now, if you've ever felt that way, you came to church on a good weekend because you're not the only one. Fortunately, you're not alone. Every other believer has experienced this and Paul himself, the greatest Christian who ever lived, who wrote most of the New Testament, next to Jesus Christ is probably, the, without a doubt, the greatest Christian who ever lived. He talks about this internal war in a very famous chapter of the Bible. It's called Romans chapter seven. What we're going to do this weekend is we're going to look at uh, the consequences or the conditions that happen in your life when this battle is going on. I, I, I call it the, uh, the emotional costs, the emotional costs of having this battle in your life. And, and Paul says that there are six things that happen in your life when you don't know how to deal with this battle that's going on inside of you. And then Paul explains the cause of this battle, and then he explains the cure. Now I want to just read you this passage first. Uh, it's up here on the screen, Romans chapter 7, verses 15 to 25. Here's what Paul says. And I, I really love this because it's a gut level, keeping it real kind of approach. Paul doesn't mince any words. He's transparent about his own struggles. He's very honest about the frustration he feels. Verse 15, he says this. I don't understand myself at all. For I really want to do what is right, but I can't. I do what I don't want to. I do what I hate. Now I know perfectly well that what I'm doing is wrong. And my bad conscience proves that I agree with these laws that I'm breaking. But I can't help myself because I'm no longer doing it. It is sin inside me that is stronger than I am. That makes me do these evil things, in other words, You know, I know I I don't want to gossip, but I end up doing it. I don't want to be impatient, but I end up being impatient. I don't want to say bad things to my kids, but I do. I I know how to take better care of my health, but I don't. He just goes on on and on about all the things in life. He says, it's sin inside me that's stronger than I am and makes me do these things. He says, I know I'm rotten inside as far as my old sin nature is concerned. But no matter which way I turn, I can't make myself do right. I want to, but I can't. When I want to do good, I don't, and when I try not to do wrong, I do it anyway. Now, if I'm doing what I, I don't want to do, it's plain where the trouble is. Sin still has, its, has me in its grip. He actually starts to seem a little discouraged here, like it's like it's going to be unchangeable. He says, "It seems to be a fact of life that when I want to do what is right, I inevitably do what is wrong. I love to do God's will as so, as, as so far as my new nature is concerned, but there's something else deep within me, uh, in, my, in my lower nature, that is as war within my mind and wins the fight and makes me a slave to the sin that's still within me. In my mind, I want to be God's willing servant, but instead I find myself still enslaved to sin, my, my old ways. So you see how it is. My new life tells me to do right. But the old nature that is still inside me loves to sin. Oh, what a terrible predicament I'm in. Who will free me from my slavery to this deadly lower nature? Thank God. It has been done by Jesus Christ our Lord. He has set me free. Now can you hear the frustration? In this, in, in Paul's voice. Now, Paul is bearing his soul. And what's going on here is he's explaining the battle that happens in your life when two things occur. When you try to please God by your own strength, you're going to be frustrated and you're going to fail. When you try to do it on your own strength. And number two, when you try to change things in your life from bad to good by simply willpower, it's not going to work. And you're going to eventually give up. Now, the, the encouragement that's, that ought to be here is Paul is not a new believer. This guy's not a novice. He is a mature believer. He's writing a book that's actually in the Bible. He is a missionary to all of the Roman Empire. He is probably, as I said, the strongest Christian who ever lived next to Jesus himself. And yet he says, you know, sometimes I just can't figure it out. And there's things in me I want to do that are right, but I don't do them, and the things that are wrong that I end up doing. We're going to look in detail at how to win the battle inside you, to change the things that you want to change, but just can't seem to change.
1: That's Rick Warren with the first part of his message, Winning the Battle Inside Me, from the series, The Invisible War. Hey, there's more real hope ahead, so stay tuned. Pastor Rick has served the church locally, nationally, and internationally for more than 30 years. He's the author of many books, including The Purpose Driven Life. If you've been helped through Rick's ministry, he'd love to hear your story. So please connect with us through the Daily Hope website at rickwarren.org or just call us 1-800-600-5004 That's rickwarren.org or call us 1-800-600-5004 In a Moment Daily Hope with Rick Warren returns. Why am I alive? Does my life really matter? Have you ever asked yourself these questions Or ever wondered about the answers In his newly expanded book The Purpose Driven Life What on Earth Am I Here For Pastor Rick Warren has updated this best selling book With 30 additional hours of teaching Including video chapter introductions Audio lessons And two brand new chapters And right now for a gift of any amount To this daily radio ministry You can get a copy of this new hardback book Visit us today at rickwarren.org Once again, here's Pastor Rick. Now I want us to begin
0: by looking at the cost of this emotional battle going on inside of you. The emotional drain of trying to do the right thing on your own power is exhausting. And eventually you get worn out. And Paul lists six emotional consequences. I want you to write these down. See if you identify with any of them. He says the first thing that happens when I try to fight the internal spiritual battle going on me on my own power is I get confusion. Confusion. And he says that in the first verse here. Verse 15, he says, I don't understand myself. I don't understand myself at all. For I really want to do what is right, but I can't. I do what I don't want to, I do what I hate. Now before we even get into this, I want you to circle all of the I's in this verse. I don't understand myself, for I really want to do what is right, but I can't. I do what I don't want to, what I hate. He's saying something's wrong with me. Now, in this one verse, he uses the first person pronoun, I, six times. Now, this is the key to understanding this chapter. These are two famous chapters in the Bible. Romans 7 is about the defeated Christian life, and Romans 8, which we're going to look at next week, is about the victorious Christian life. And in Romans 7, Paul uses the word I over and over and over. In fact, in just 12 verses, he uses the word I 27 times. He uses the word my six times. He uses the word me six times. He uses the word myself two times. In all in all, he uses the first person pronouns 41 times in 12 verses. Paul has an I problem. (laughs) And you have an I problem and I have an eye problem. And the problem is I try to do it all my way and that's gonna cause me to fail. I am my biggest problem. Now notice he says, I don't understand myself, I'm perplexed. Now that ought to encourage you, that even Paul, this great mature saint, doesn't have all the answers. If Paul doesn't have all the answers for life, it's okay for you not to have all the answers to life. It's okay for me to go, I can't figure out why I'm doing what I'm doing. You know, I've stopped trying to judge other people's motives. You know why? I can't even figure out my own half the time. <laughs> you don't know why you do what you do half the time. Why can't I stop doing bad things and why don't I consistently do the stuff I know is good for me? He says, it's confusing. The second thing that happens and I don't know how to fight this battle is guilt and shame. Shame. And God doesn't want you going around with a bunch of guilt and shame, but that's what happens when you try to fight a spiritual battle with human tools, like willpower. He says in verse 16, the next verse, I know perfectly well what I'm doing is wrong, and my bad conscience proves that I agree with these laws I am breaking. And what's he saying? He goes, I know what I'm doing is wrong, and you do too. When you do it and you know it's wrong, and then you get a bad conscience. Circle the word conscience. You know where that word comes from? It's a Latin word. It it comes from the word con, which means with in Latin, and science, or scienta in Latin, which means knowledge. Conscience means you do something with full knowledge that what you're doing is wrong. You're not kidding yourself. I know I shouldn't eat this. I know I shouldn't watch this. I know I shouldn't say this. I know I shouldn't do this, but I'm gonna do it anyway and I do it with full knowledge, which means my conscience goes on tilt. And it says, danger, Will Robinson, something's wrong here. Something is wrong. Guilt and shame happens. Do you you remember uh, Jesus, uh, the night before he was to go to the cross, he goes into this garden called the Garden of Gethsemane to pray, because he knows he's gonna take the guilt of the entire world on him in his life. And he takes three of his best friends, Peter, James, and John, in with him. He says, look, you guys, I just need you to hang out with me. I'm going through a tough time. It's an emotional conflict. I'm going to go over here and pray for a while. And I want you to just kind of hang out here. You don't have to say anything. You don't have to give me advice. I don't even need you to pray. I just want you to hang out with me. And sometimes that's all a good friend does. A good friend doesn't always have to have the answer. A good friend just shows up. They show up in your life. They walk in when everybody else walks out. And so Jesus says to, to Peter, James, John, You guys just hang out here while I go over here and pray, and I'm getting ready to go and die on the cross tomorrow. Well, Peter, James, and John fall asleep, and they're sawing logs. And Jesus comes back and goes, Could you guys not hang out with me just for an hour or two? Could you, you know, without going to sleep? And then Jesus says to Peter, The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Been there, done that. There's been a lot of times in your life when you're, you were willing to do the right thing, but you just didn't seem to have the power to do it. And that causes c- confusion, and it causes guilt and shame. The third thing that causes, when you don't know how to fight the battle going on inside you, is it causes compulsions and addictions compulsions and addictions. What is that? It's when you start to do something so many times, it becomes habitual in your life, it becomes a habit, and then you cannot stop from doing it. You cannot not do it. It becomes a compulsion. It becomes a habit. It becomes an addiction. And Paul says this in the next verse. He said, you know, if I do these bad things enough, I just, I get addicted to them. He said, but I can't help myself because I'm no longer doing it. It's sin inside me that's stronger than I am, that makes me do these evil things. He says, you know, i got great intentions, but I just can't seem to to pull it off. Nothing nothing changes. You see, we, because we're built with a human nature, and that's a fallen nature, there's sin in it, which means we have a natural inclination to do the wrong thing. We have a natural resistance to do the right thing. You don't like to do the right thing. You like to do the easy thing, and so do I. I like to do the popular thing. I like to do the comfortable thing. I like to do the thing that I think will make me most happy. I'm not interested in always doing the right thing. I'm interested in doing what's easy, and what's comfortable, and what's quick. And how many times have you started each day, and you go, okay, in your mind you're going, okay, Lord, uh, today is gonna be different. Today is gonna be different. And by the end of the day, nothing has changed. And, and, and Paul says here, you know, I'm no longer doing it. Now when Paul says, it's, it's in me, this, I can't help myself, because I'm no longer doing it, he's not making excuses. He's simply recognizing the fact that he has an old nature inside him that likes to sin. And by the way, so do I. And by the way, so do you. Now, we like to sin. Let's just admit it, sin is fun. It is. It's fun. In fact, nobody would do it if it was a bummer.
1: That's Rick Warren with Daily Hope. In just a moment, he's going to wrap up today with a critical key to winning the battle inside you. But first, I want to tell you about the Daily Hope website, rickwarren.org. Log on today. At that site, you'll get the entire message you heard today. You can get message notes, sign up for Rick's Daily Hope devotional. You can even access all of Rick's social media links there, too. So log on now, rickwarren.org. Please don't forget... Rick really does want to know how today's lesson or his books or another resource has helped you in your walk with Christ. So visit us today at rickwarren.org. And now we have a special book for you for a gift of any amount, and that's to thank you for your financial support of Daily Hope. It's Rick Warren's New York Times best-selling book, The Purpose Driven Life. In this newly expanded book, Rick shares that when battling the invisible war, your starting place must be with God and His eternal Purposes for your life. And if you understand your purpose, it leads to healing and empowers you to fight the good fight. So go ahead and give us a call to request your copy of The Purpose Driven Life. What on Earth Am I Here For? Today. 1 800 600 5004. Number once again is 800 600 5004. Once again, here's Rick. What I'm about to tell you is extremely
0: important, and I need you to understand the distinction. If all you want to do is be forgiven, you just need to admit it to God. The Bible says if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You simply admit to God your sin. But if you want more than forgiveness, you want to change, you want to be healed, you want to be different, then you need to tell more than God. You need to find one other person that you can be open and honest with and share what you're going through. The Bible says it like this in James 5, 16. Confess your sins to each other. Notice, not to God, to each other and pray for each other so that God can heal you. Not forgive you, but heal you. When a believing person prays, great things happen, James five sixteen. You don't need a lot of people in your life to admit all your faults to, but you do need at least one, somebody in your life that you're gut level honest with, that you can say, I'm struggling with this. Will you pray with me? Will you hold me accountable? Will you support me? When you have one other person in your life like that, the relief valve is opened, the pressure is off, and the boogeyman is not as big as you thought he was. When someone comes up to me and says, Pastor Rick, I've never told this to anyone else before, I get very excited because I know that is going to be a moment of liberation in their life. So here is my plea to you today. That secret sin that you've kept as a secret for so long that you've hidden in the dark closets of your life, it's time to get it out. You've told God over and over that you're sorry for it. You've asked forgiveness over and over. You don't need to keep asking forgiveness. What you do need now is to share it with one other person and claim, James five sixteen that if we pray for each other and we confess our sins to each other, then we will be healed. Let me pray for you. Father, I pray that you will give these who are listening today the courage to declare their personal struggle to at least one other person, a battle buddy, a coworker, a friend in arms who will fight the battle with them. I pray that we will offer unconditional love to others and that we would be open to receiving it. Help us to confess our sins, not simply to you, Father, but as you have commanded us to do, to confess them to each other, that we may be healed. And I pray that today will be the starting point for healing in Jesus' name. Amen. I want you to know I'm going to be praying for you to have the courage to make that step And don't forget to join us again as we continue looking
1: at God's Word for our daily hope. This program is sponsored by Daily Hope Ministries and listeners like you.